Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Thank you so much, Tim. Um, an utter, utter privilege to be with everyone. Um, like, my hope and desire is, like, what I get to speak from my lounge in Birmingham, bring some encouragement to you wherever you're sat, whether it's in Manchester or somewhere else in the country, or maybe you'll watch this, not in this moment, or in a different moment. And my deep desire is the frail words that I speak bring some encouragement into your life, where you are. Uh, and I hope that's true, whether you're a follower of Jesus, someone who said, yeah, I want my life to be based on who you are, Jesus, centered on you, or someone who's just trying to work it all out. My hope is that something of what I share tonight just brings life to you. You see, we're living in like this unique moment. I know that's the kind of phrase that just gets, keeps being redone, rehashed, and maybe we're getting sick of hearing it, but it is just the truth that this is just a unique moment. And I kind of keep racking my brains of like, how can we describe this moment? And the best I've got at the moment is to say that it feels a bit like a mixture between Groundhog Day. I don't know if you remember that old film with Bill Murray and where he kind of finds himself repeating the same day over and over and over again. And it, it feels like, like it's that, that you kind of wake up each day and just think, all right, okay, it's like this again. And it, it feels like we're caught up in a Groundhog Day, but with that, it's also mixed in with still this sense of uncertainty of us thinking, well, it could be the same tomorrow or it could end up being very different. And we've kind of been living with this deep sense of uncertainty, not quite sure what tomorrow might bring, let alone in a week's time or in a month's time or six months' time. And it feels like we're, we're caught up in this moment of Groundhog Day and uncertainty. And I don't know about you, but it, it's like, like, how do you navigate that? Like, how do you live within that? And it's that that I want to kind of come alongside us with. Maybe Jesus has something to say to us. See, I believe that Jesus comes alongside us into the reality of what we're living in, in this moment, to say that he comes to give us purpose. He desires that we wouldn't just kind of be blown from one thing to the next or just kind of feel like all we're doing is treading water but actually in the reality of our every day in the reality of wondering what tomorrow might bring Jesus comes and offers us purpose and my hope is that I get to be a bit like a cheerleader that's often how I describe myself you don't know me I'm married I've got three kids and ultimately what I kind of feel like I do is I'm like just a very unattractive cheerleader who gets the privilege of just running alongside different people at different times. I think, man, look at Jesus, look how amazing he is. Look at the life that he's called you to. Isn't the adventure amazing? And my hope is that I'm able to do that for us this evening. But to start off, I just want to share a quote of something I've been living with since kind of the beginning of 2019, of something that um, John Ortberg says in a book called Eternity is Now in Session. Well, he says this, there is an old tradition on large Australian ranches located on often dry land. There are two ways of keeping cattle on the ranch. 
One is to build a fence. The other is to dig a well. What a gift it might be to a world that has become increasingly polarized and politicized if the church would be utterly committed to Jesus as our center. No fences to keep others out, just the life-giving waters of Jesus drawing people ever closer to his presence. I think when I read that last year, January last year, I just kind of stopped doing what I was doing. I thought, isn't that what we're meant to be about? Isn't that what the church is meant to be about? Not kind of keeping everyone else out, but rather drawing everyone else in, saying, isn't Jesus so good? And I believe the reality we're living in this moment, it feels like that even the constraints of the venues that we kind of gathered in have been removed, so there are literally no walls. But we found ourselves in this moment, allowing that as we're scattered into various settings, as we gather online, that it becomes moments where we get to reveal the well that is Jesus and call and cause others to taste and see that he is good. What God's desire is for you. That's what God's desire is for me. That, yeah, that we taste and see that He's good for ourselves, but that we be those that keep coming and calling to everyone else, say, Come taste, see how good He is. But what does that look like? What does it look like to live with that purpose of tasting and causing others to taste and see that God is good? Well, Jesus wanted us to get hold of it. I want to look at just some brief verses in Matthew chapter 5 that Jesus says that kind of paints this vivid picture of how he calls you and I to this amazing purpose of causing others to taste and see how good he is. And I'm just going to share it, and it's, we're going to read it just because it's familiar verses probably to many of us, but I want to read it from the message as I just love Peterson's paraphrase of these verses. And so in it, what we discover is that Peterson paraphrases Jesus' words like this, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light berries, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And Jesus says, like, who are we as his followers? What's the purpose we're to live with? Are we here to reveal and share the God flavors and God colors into the world around us? Like the God flavors and God colors of the life that Jesus has afforded us through his life, death, and resurrection. This life that is revealed through his rule and reign, a rule and reign that's governed by his unfailing goodness and love. Like, Probably my favorite N.T. Wright quote. You're kind of at this moment thinking, man, this guy's just like quoting slides like anything. Well, man, we've not got loads of time. and I want to make the most of it. My favorite N.T. Wright quote is this, where he, I think, kind of paints this vivid picture of what it looks like to kind of live with this phenomenal privilege of being those that add the colors and flavors 
of who Jesus is into the world around. He says, Jesus's resurrection is the beginning of God's new project, not to snatch people away from earth to heaven, but to colonize earth with the life of heaven. That after all is what the Lord's prayer is all about. Now, I don't know what you thought it meant to follow Jesus. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I, I genuinely felt like what it meant was I got this Willy Wonka golden ticket to be with Jesus forever in heaven, which I couldn't quite grasp. I thought it was probably something like Cloud City in Empire Strikes Back. But I kind of thought, therefore, that the best this life got was I get to kind of wait in the departure lounge waiting for the jumbo jet of Jesus to arrive in order that I could then get on it and fly out to wherever he was. And I kind of was left with this thing of probably the best I could do then is occasionally go to the entrance of the departure lounge and shout to people outside saying, hey, come on in here. What N.T. Wright says, like, no, no, what we're men are do, <laughs> what a purpose is we get to cause others to taste and see of the life of heaven. That's where God dwells, where his rule and reign is fully established of what it looks like for it to start to burst into this planet, Earth. Man, that's exciting, isn't it? Purpose, isn't it? To cause the flavors and colors of who Jesus is and what it looks like when he has the world is meant to be, like to break those out and show what that looks like in this planet now, in the worlds that we're found in. Like, that sounds good. See, the reality is, Jesus' design is always that this life that he is bringing is going to be earthed. It has to be earthed in the reality of what we're doing because God's desire and plan is that one day the whole of heaven where God dwells is going to come and fill the whole of earth where we dwell. I love kind of getting to the end of the story of the Bible. Like when you get to Revelation 21, 22, I love parking myself out there and pausing in kind of the first few verses of Revelation 21 and the first few verses of Revelation 22, because when you get there, you suddenly realize, all right, this is this word picture of what it looks like when Jesus reveals the wonder of his rule and reign, the colors and flavors of who God is filling the earth. Now, we haven't got time this evening to look at all of that, but you can do that in your own time, man. You can read that. But in it, what I'd say is you discover that through those chapters, we discover that there's these colors and flavors that are revealed. Colors and flavors in verses 3 to 4 of 21, verses 1 to 5 of 22, which I would summarize that these colors and flavors as God's rule, reign of unfailing goodness and love is revealed and fills this earth. And you find it's colors and flavors of hope, love, of comfort, of justice, of mercy, of healing, of belonging, of forgiveness, of peace, of beauty, of safety and honor. See, Jesus defines our purpose. He says, why are you here? I mean, you're here to bring and reveal and show the God colors and flavors. They would fill the earth. Like in this moment, we have purpose. 
You see, this purpose that Jesus defines is a purpose that it then applies, applies to your life and applies to my life. You see, it isn't that anyone's carried out. This isn't a purpose for those who kind of we see as the holy of the holies. No, no, this is a purpose for anyone who's centered their life on Jesus. The purpose is that we're here to reveal the colors and flavors of God. Like that suddenly reorientates everything about our lives you see it causes us to live with this perspective that i'm here for a purpose like what i do where i live like who i am like it changes that perspective there's purpose in my being but it brings also a privilege and a dignity you see suddenly we realize that actually who you are like where you live like what you do day to day who you are as an individual like only you can be used by God to reveal his color and flavor and cause others to taste and see that color and flavor in that setting. Just as for me, who I am, like where I live and like what I do, like you, you're not involved in that. Like that's, that's where I've been uniquely placed. Like what a privilege. It suddenly changes like how we see what we do, man. Like it's all a value. Like doesn't it give dignity to you and I? See, suddenly it frees us up. It means that and we're not competing or comparing ourselves. We're not kind of thinking like, man, I wish my life was like them. Like, why would we think that? No, no, we get to celebrate with one another because we've each been uniquely placed where we are to reveal the wonder of God's color and flavor to the world around. And only you can do it where you are. Only I can do it where I am. And together we get to work together, scattered into these various settings, to fill this earth now with the life of heaven that is to come. And what a privilege. See, we get to therefore celebrate the stories that we have. I love telling stories of my friends who are filling the earth with God's color and flavor. I always remember of one of my favorite stories to tell is a friend of mine. And, and she kind of come to, came to me and she said, oh, Agent, I have totally failed. And she said, like, I went to my neighbor and um, I offered to pray for her. And then she said, yes. And then I said, I'd pray for her as I walked away from the house. And I totally failed. Like, why didn't I pray for her there and then? And I was like, like, tell me what happened. And she said, well, my neighbor, I found out it was signed off work. She just wasn't very well. And so I decided to buy her a bunch of flowers and I crossed the road and knocked on the door and gave her this bunch of flowers and just said, I just want you to know that I'm here if you need me. And she said, then my neighbor just broke down in tears. She couldn't believe I'd crossed the road and see her. She couldn't believe that I'd given her these flowers. And so I just said, well, you matter. In actual fact, I believe in a God who says you matter. And like, I want to be, it'd be okay if I prayed for you. She said, I'd love you to pray for me. And then my friend said, and so I said, I'd be praying for her. And I went back to my house. I'm like, what a failure. I looked at her and I said, I don't understand. Like, how did you fail? Like, the moment you crossed the road, God's flavor and color was breaking in. And suddenly you broke division and brought connection. The moment you offered to listen, you said you were there and you offered some flowers, you brought comfort and hope. And, and then you rounded it off by rounding, like where it's all from. He said it's all from God because he notices her. You didn't fail. You caused in your cul-de-sac 
the God colors and flavors of heaven to break. And that's not a limit what we do. Like I could tell you about other friends. I could tell you about a friend who at the moment is navigating redundancy and his work colleagues cannot understand like what's going on because his way of adding the color and flavor is he keeps not fighting for himself, but ensuring it's fair for everyone. I could tell you about another friend who in hearing about the challenges of young doctors and the suicide rates in Birmingham of young do doctors worked with another colleague to start to bring about a well-being package that started really small that now is influencing many trusts. I could tell you about another friend who uh, works in a music residency program. Now that means, that, what does that mean? It means we work with musicians across the city, record them, and to produce an EP that they can then start to promote who they are. Here's what I found as I speak to the different people that we record is they love working with the guys who run that. Because they said, just bring such encouragement. Like, no one else does this. And we just love it. Like, what are they doing? Well, they're all bringing God's color and flavor. You see, I've found that, yeah, there's the big stories we love, but actually it's often just through just saying hello. That's how I often find I bring God's color and flavor to the world around me is literally just noticing someone and saying, hello, how are you? And in that moment, suddenly the life of heaven breaks into the life of earth. You see, Jesus causes us to know a purpose that's defined, a purpose that we get to apply into our lives. But can I quickly say that it's a purpose that will be realized, but we just need to be careful how we see it. See, we live in a day and age where the big, the strong, and the immediate is what we love. But Jesus said, like, way of his color and flavor breaking out, his rule and reign breaking out, is the exact opposite. He tells stories of, like, a mustard seed, the tiniest seed growing. He tells stories of yeast kind of working its way to a, through a greater amount of flour. Like why? Because he wanted us to understand that actually often the color and flavors that we had happen through small moments, like mustard seed, small amount of yeast. That often we feel frail, not strong. Like a tiny mustard seed, a tiny amount of yeast. And often it takes time. It's slow. For a mustard plant to grow takes time. For yeast to work its way through the flower takes time. But to allow this purpose to be realized, we need to understand is often small moments, frail moments, and takes time. Like, I'll tell you one story, just because we've got a little bit more time than I thought. I remember as a church, we had the privilege of uh, gathering at Edgebaston Cricket Ground for a number of years. And we were a small group of people compared to the size of everything that went on. And I learned so many lessons how Jesus' purpose for us to add color and flavor, and that will influence something far greater than who we were. And so over time, all we did is we sought to be encouraging, honoring, sought to demonstrate 
grace to others. So whenever we offered to do things in partnership with Edgebaston, we'd say, we're just going to do it for free. Why? Because people get what they don't deserve. They deserve it. What happened over time is that Edgebaston Cricket Ground tried to call us their church. I remember partnering with them in an international fun day uh, 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 with England against Pakistan. And it always brought kind of a smile to my face to hear over the uh, kind of audio system of the ground. Every so often, there'd be all these different sponsors, and then they'd, they'd stop and they'd say, and we want to make a special mention to Oasis Church, Birmingham, for all they bring to Edgebass and Cricket Ground. And I used to laugh just thinking, man, we're, we're just this small group. And yet something about adding God's colour and flavour caused some people it's good and they wanted more. The amazing thing there in that story is that as we moved on from that place to find our own building, like Edgebaston, like blessed, they blessed us financially, blessed us and they blessed us with a good relationship. You see, it often starts with small actions, but they will grow and they will impact. See, Jesus invites you and I within this moment of uncertainty and competing pressures to a deep and profound purpose to add the colors and flavors of God into the world around us and allowing others to taste and see that it is good. All about Jesus. Now, in a moment, I'm going to hand back to Tim, but before I do, I just wanted to say this in terms of those of you who are part of Christchurch Manchester, right? I just felt like there was two particular areas, actually, we probably could technically call them three. I felt God wanted you to know that he's particularly called you to add flavour and colour in. And the first two areas that kind of linked, it was creativity and innovation. And I felt God wanted you to know that he's particularly called you in the creative area and innovation to add his flavour and colour. And then the other area is actually, I felt like there was a new kind of rhythm that you were to live with in terms of adding God's flavour of purpose in your homes or through your homes, through your streets and through your neighbourhoods. I just felt God wanted to encourage you with that. Otherwise, I am done. It has been such a privilege to be with you. I'm going to hand over to Tim. Uh, I think he's going to take things next.